episode five of the project one podcast in uh lockdown still in new south wales we're getting through a couple more of these usually i don't have too much time to to do the old uh lockdown podcast but uh sorry the podcast because i i run three of them but uh we can actually get through today i've got uh, mitch on mitch on so mitch mate i uh i'll first thing i'll ask you mate is how how are you handling lockdown what's your What's your what's your coping strategy for lockdown? Uh, actually, doing my podcast. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's keeping me it's keeping me sane. Uh, I've been lucky enough to still go to work. Um, so between that and just getting those uh, podcast, oh, sorry, those uh, COVID pounds, it's uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going right downtown. It's <laughs> I'm out, mate. I'm I'm all a bit like uh, I just find my reason to get out of the house. So it's just running. Like I and I'm I hate running, so that that tells you something. So if I'm out running, you can tell I just need to be out of the house. But yeah, uh, yeah. that is that is what it is. But okay, so um, you you, you talked about you you said your podcast and you're also working. First, what do you, what do you do for a crust? Uh, I'd operate machinery in the mines in uh, okay. up here in Hunter Valley. And yeah, cool. it's, it's shift works so every shift, twelve hours a day and night. I just come off at night shift weekend so if i seem a bit grumpy and irritable i do apologize isn't that you normally though oh <laughs> sorry uh, I'll, I'll tell you something i actually listened to your your podcast with a mutual friend of ours glenn not long ago and I, you guys <laughs> were just taking like swipes back and forth i just felt like i wanted to be part of it so i just you know give you a bit of a bit of stick straight off the bat it was like looking into a cold, dark abyss. I hope I don't look like that in 20 years' time, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, he's good people, Glenn. I actually really enjoyed that podcast. I'll be honest, that's the only one of your podcasts I've heard so far. So let's 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 get into that. If that's a, it's obviously a pretty big part of your life at the moment. Yeah, um, so it started oof, probably around March, April. And ideally what it is, it's about shedding light on those who don't ordinarily have a chance to be in the spotlight and it's it's similar to yours it's about storytelling it's about um you know interviewing these incredible people and with a bit of an aussie twinge like everyone's had a giggle um so we share stories and there's a section called having a bitchy with mitchy so people come on and um get things off their chest and i've had a few celebrities um i kind of went viral and i topped the charts for a while there too it was interesting that's that's amazing. So okay, so tell me about that. Tell me how how your little podcast based out of the Hunter goes goes viral. Oh, uh, curry curry, the place so shit they named it twice. Home of Mullet <laughs> Fest and Bogans everywhere. <laughs> I should get a shirt made up for that. Um, Mate, uh, before we go into that, I, I had a laugh. I remember I kind of I was taken aback a little bit when I found out because I'm on the Central Coast and you're up at uh, well curry curry, but you're telling everyone you're from Newcastle. And I'm like, <laughs> Curry Curry's not fucking Newcastle. What are you talking about? Well, that's a, it's a, it's a, um, I, I live in, in Curry Curry, but I grew up in Newcastle. So you say where you're from is boom. Even though yep. I was born in Dubbo, raised in Newcastle, live in Curry Curry. Um, either way, I'm a bit to this, bit to that. So, <laughs> bit of a stray. So, uh, yeah. Oof, just like, yeah, there's the, pieces of disappointment all over the place I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> all right so tell us about your podcast um what's, what's it called first of all called life's a mitch life's a mitch bit of a selling point off off the bat you know we'll, we'll sell your podcast and then if people don't like you they 
you're done. They can just get rid of you straight away. But well, if they, they can do... always have a refund if they don't like it. So, <laughs> yeah. so what is well, the Life's a Mitch? Life's a Mitch podcast. Um, as I said, it's about storytelling, shedding light on those with amazing stories. Um, I first when I when it first kicked off, I went on the game show Mastermind, um, and I wore a Scrubs themed onesie. So the the Scrubs guys host a podcast called Fake Doctors Real Friends, and I wore a onesie on national TV. Uh, made an absolute dickhead of myself. And then from that, the host, Mark Fennell, uh shared a promo video for the episode. It went viral, like 500K views. And then um, the producers of the show, Joel and GJ Dental, got tagged. And then so did uh, so two of the former stars of the TV show Scrubs, Zach Braff, Donald Faison, and Turk and JD, host this podcast. And they... Got wind of it, so then I got to appear on their podcast. I had professional comedic actors laughing for 20 minutes. Either I had, either I was charming, or they felt sorry for me. And as a result, they they plugged my podcast, and I shot to the top of the charts in the leisure category for Australia, the UK, and wow. uh, the US on Spotify and Apple. Wow! So, just like that. Uh, just like that, your boy Mitchy is uh, getting He's it a done. Star. <laughs> He's a star. I'm a massive fan of Scrubs, mate. I could I could dead set have a I could, we could do our own Scrubs podcast. I'm, I'm such a massive fan, well, um, except for, uh, except for med school that can, uh, that can piss off. Oh, season, season nine had a few good moments, but uh, ultimately, yeah, I think they should have gone out gracefully with season eight, in, in my opinion. But anyways, that's okay. So, well, yeah, so yeah, Scrubs that med- medical school, Scrubs medical school, garbage that can. Season nine was yeah, they had a few good moments, but um yeah, like the the soul of the show, it finished like I had the perfect send off for J D and you know took it in a different direction. It just didn't have it was still decent viewing for a bit, but it just didn't have that same vibe and I don't know, uh, it's kinda of like it's kinda of like when the Knights lost Joey, I suppose. It just it's lost all, its soul. It's always yeah, exactly. It's always hard to have you know, a couple of characters come back and you know that they're, you feel like they're only there for a minute to give it a kickoff because they they were trying to start something new and it was just never going to happen. Like it was an iconic show that went for eight seasons and like literally it just, it, like it was okay, but it wasn't, it was it didn't feel like Scrubs at any stage to me. No, it was, yeah, it was um kind of like, are they doing this just for the, is the network just wanting more content? Is Bill Lawrence really wanting to do it? Is he's because he was invested in a lot of other stuff. So he had Cougar Town going at the same time. He had um, that animated show he was part of as well. And he's um yeah, so he had fingers in many pies and it just didn't seem like um, the same essence of the show. And I on on my podcast I had the um, as a guest the head of production. Jared Weissfilner, so he made cameos and plenty of scenes, and he was on the show for the entire run, and he was telling us how it was a really tight-knit community. They were like family, and Bill Lawrence, the creator, had a no-dickhead policy. So essentially, um, you know, if you were there and you were a dickhead and you were toxic, you would say, no thanks, see you later. So he wrote a pretty tight ship, and, you know, just to see, like, hear the stories about how tight everyone was and how funny it would have been behind the scenes... It would have been an awesome place to work. So, I've, I start like I've started listening to the Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I've gotten to oh, I think I'm a what 
I'm a couple of seasons in, I think. I'm I'm not actually sure. It's usually an off season an off season thing for me because like you, rugby league fan, as you can tell from the background, as I said, I'm a big Raiders fan. Uh what's what's your rugby league allegiance? I'm a Cronulla Shark. Yeah, so born in Dubbo, raised in Newcastle, lives in Curry Curry, goes for the Sharks and goes for Cronulla. How did how did that how did that happen? Uh I resonated with David Peachy as a kid. You know, um, he came to our school. We did like a country rugby league ki- junior kickers thing with a few of the boys, and uh, it was around then. I thought, oh, this guy's cool. And then um, on the TV, I saw him shaking hands with celebrating someone's try, like rewarding, like well, good sportsmanship. The fact that he was super kind, and you know, it just resonated with some of the other players as well at the time. So it just made sense to go for Cronulla, I suppose. And Growing up in Newcastle, you know, it was toxic because it was the time of Super League. You got two teams, the Mariners and the Knights, so allegiance at that point didn't matter. I was like 10. So, like, okay, well, if it doesn't really matter if there's many teams to go for, I don't have to go for my local one. And Mm. it just made sense to go for the Sharks and stuck with them ever since. Mate, I'm a I'm a Western Sydney boy, born and raised, and somehow ended up on the Raiders. So I think mine was a lot simpler. Mine was more of a case of hey, I like the colour green, and <laughs> and and went with it. You know what I mean? Like and yeah. we had some good years back in the night, back in the early nineties. But uh, when I was first on them, and then it's been a long, long dry spell ever since. So well, you got close in nineteen, but, and even last yeah. year, like you got the prelims, but yeah. You know. Bit of an ordinary year this year, but uh, it, it is what it is, mate. Yeah, so it's it's interesting where our our sides are kind of battling it out to see who makes the finals. So if you guys could just lose to the Broncos and to the Storm for us, that'd be great. Well, I can I can meet you halfway and lose to the Storm. That's fine. Okay. Broncos, I don't know. I, like it'll be a dog shit quality game, but it'll be scrappy. But it'll come down to the wire. I'm I'm picking. So. Yeah. Sharks are a bizarre team. They can look fantastic one weekend and garbage the next. I, I've never really like, yeah. It, anyway, we won't talk too much NRL. If we do, we can come back to it. We both listen to plenty of NRL podcasts. There's plenty of NRL content out there. You can go and find some of those podcasts if you want to listen to that. So let's get back to let's get back to you. You said born in Dubbo. So how long were you in Dubbo for? Oh, we moved back to Newcastle. Uh, when I was about two, so I don't remember okay. much of it at all. Sure. Yeah, my parents um, uh, met in Scone. Dad was uh, in the sheepskin trade and he worked in different abattoirs around the state. So uh, he met mum up in Scone and then mum was working in a different part. I think she was uh, something to do with like the boning of meat or something, can't remember. And then, yeah, they moved to Dubbo because mum's brother was out there as well. And then um, not long after, went to Rathmines and then to Westwall's End, which I spent the majority of my life, so around that area. Okay, so what's it? What was it like? You know, so you said don't even remember Dubbo. What's it like growing up as a Newcastle boy at Westwall's End? Well, it's it was it's a small community. Um, so there's three postcode. There's three suburbs with the same postcode with a population of about four thousand, and everyone there's got about three last names. So everyone's literally related to everyone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> No, it's it's like it's like any small like town sort of vibe, except you've got the the winery is twenty minutes one way, the beach is twenty five the other, and you can hop down to the central coast within half hour as well. It was right there on the freeway, so it was like 
it took a long while for it to catch up, but it's become like a bit of a nexus now with Cameron Park the way it is. But you're always considered a Westie, so it's like a Western Newcastle sort of mountain bogan sort of vibe, but it's God's country in my, in my opinion. Mate, I don't – yeah, I love that. I love that even about here. Like even now, a lot of these places on coastal towns have become bigger towns. and But I can drive probably five, ten minutes from my house and I'm in farmland. Do you know what I mean? I drive five, ten minutes the other way. I'm on the beach. It's, yeah. I, and I love that. I, I'm, you know, I grew up on an, on three acres. Like, never really used the land for that much. My dad would have thought he did, but you know, he was a white collar worker who basically had a hobby, had a hobby farm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, nah, but I, I love that. I, I love that kind of farm life, and then you know, having the coast not too far away as well. So best of both worlds for me. Um, and the cities can go piss off as far as I'm concerned. I'm not really a – I don't mind visiting the city for a, a night out, but uh, I like it a little bit quieter. I'd struggle. I spent – when I went to live in England, I uh, went up to Liverpool and friends were in London. They're like, live here, live here. It's like, one, it was too expensive, and two, like, you've got the tube system, which is a great way to get around, but everyone's breathing down your neck and it's like, nah, I, I just – I wasn't used to it and I'm used to going to the pub and knowing everyone's name and – um, you know, everyone talks about the same shit, which is fine, but it's what you become used to. And yeah. as you said, it's, they're good to visit the, the cities, but I, if living in one, yeah, I don't know, I'd struggle. Yeah, I, I'm too far gone now. I've like I lived in Sydney for most of my life, and then in Melbourne, but ever since coming up to oh, like Canberra, but that doesn't count as a city really. I was outside of the main town. That was pretty much country where i was out up at queanbeyan but um yeah like I'd, I'd never go back since moving to the coast i could never do a city again but uh yep so bring it on country country life for me is much well not that this coastal life for me is the way i like it so <laughs> nothing to mention i spent a bit of time in goulburn as well like so mum and dad called it quits when i was about eight and goulburn's not far from canberra so that that dry cold uh, miserable climate now i'm yeah i don't miss those days man i can assure you so cold not not like melbourne's pretty gets pretty cold as well like don't don't i don't i'm not a bar of the cold what do you like what's your what's your season winner yeah you are a winner boy you like it's easier to warm up than it is to cool down and you know when you're husky like me it's uh that's great Well, so what, what are you, as, as tall as you are wide? The round mound of sand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the human toe ball. Oh, that's gold. Um, yeah, so grew up, you sound like you've done a, a bit of travelling, though, too. Like you've lived and moved. countries so far. Yeah, really, 35 yeah. countries. Yeah. All right, how, how many of them can you can you rattle off, like, off your head? Well, you know. If you go to the UK, that's five countries there. So you got. Oh, um, no, no. Let's 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 no no preface. Just to, okay. just just rattle. Go. Okay. New Zealand, Fiji, Vanuatu, Samoa, uh, Ireland, Republic of Ireland, uh, Scotland, England, Wales, uh, Germany, Austria, uh, Mykonos, Morocco, um, Spain, Italy, France. Uh, um, 
Scandinavia say Norway, Denmark. Um, Vanuatu, Lifu, Numea. Vanuatu, Lifu, Numea, yeah. Ah, uh, shit. Um, That's 20. You've got, you've hit 20. Ah, uh, shit. Okay, so then we've got, you know, you've got through Asia, then you've got Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, then you've got, ah, um, oh, shit, <laughs> Indonesia, um, Philippines. Um, oh, fucking hell. What's that, 25? Yeah, I got 24. 24. Um, fucking might hell. Be tw- it might be 25 on. Uh, Russia, uh, shit. Um, Far out. Botswana, um, Bolivia. Um, oh, rain's not firing, but that there you Mate, go. Is... That's, that's pretty good. That's, I'll be honest, to get like up to 20 or 27 odd countries out of what 35, that's 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 pretty good. Like, I don't, I mate, I couldn't tell you that many towns I've been to, let alone countries. I'd, I'd have to whip out, but yeah, it was some, um, so yeah, I've done a lot of Kentuckys, a lot of um, oh Canada as well. Haven't done the US yet. Um, I'd like to do the US soon when you can, when the world's opened up and everything, of course. And Antarctica, I really want to go to Antarctica as well. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you something. You guys are the ones I feel for the most. Like you're real travel bugs. Like I um I love Vanuatu. I but I'd be happy to go back there every year for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. I don't have the need to go and see a hundred million places and stuff like that. But people who are real travel bugs, this must just be driving people nuts that can't go anywhere who just love traveling so much. Can do. Yeah. But you know, I guess you, 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 you get used to it. You compartmentalize and you go, okay, well I can't go. So the human spirit is capable of great things. I mean, look at the people who are able to defend this country in world war one and two and do like Kokoda and, you know, do incredible things. That's just one example of the human spirit. Going to the moon, building spacecraft, whatever it is. So, like, the fact that I can't go overseas right now. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I can handle it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I see, I, 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 I get what you're saying, though. Um, but do you know how some people, like, the, there's people who are just, like, you actually say it real nonchalantly. Like, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I've been at, like, we've been talking for almost 20 minutes. And... People who are real, like travel people, you'll hear about how they're travel people in the first two minutes of a conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like some people, that's part of travel is really their identity. But like you seem like you love doing it, but well, you obviously love doing it to be going to so many places. But like it seems to just be real nonchalant. Well, I mean, people that are at like that, scream i love travel i love this like power to them but at, at the end of the day it seems fake like you know you gotta you the best put the best version you can be of yourself is to be that nonchalant version it's like oh yeah cool like so if i were to come on you ask me about travel and i got excited and then you know then it's kind of awkward when i finish talking about it as well so it's like you got to keep the content rolling and i don't you know it's it's fine and all, but it's a big wide world out there and there's more to see and you can't get caught up on on what happens in the past. I mean, it's nice to reminisce, of course, but you just you can't get caught up on the be-all and end-all. Like, it's, I won't be satisfied until I see more, you know? Yeah. Do you remember, um, I don't know if you'd remember him, do you remember Mark McClendon of the Raiders back in the early 2000s? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, like 
a good good footballer for in a time when the Raiders were terrible. Like, but he was all right. But he um he went to Guatemala with his mate, and they just did this whole YouTube series about filling a chicken bus, like. Um, getting as many and trying to break a real world record for how many people you could get into a bus or a chicken bus or whatever it is. And it was entertaining as hell. Like, have you ever done anything when you've gone overseas that's a little bit different? Yeah, I tried to fill a turkey bus once. <laughs> <laughs> There's people gobbling everywhere. <laughs> um you know that story you just told me. I did that exact thing. So, I mean, yeah. Subscribe now to my OnlyFans. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, I done things out of the ordinary? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. We were in um, Scottish higher country, uh, probably two and a half hours north of uh, Glasgow. And we're in, um, oh, I can't, I'll have to look up the name of the region, but they had their Scottish Highland Games on. So, for those of you unfamiliar, Scottish Highland Games are like your your different sort of sports, like your gumboot throwing and your like. There's a really steep hill, and the first one down this steep hill, like, and they they have like wheel like wheels of cheese pushing down hills, like the really interesting thing. So I had a crack at um, at cheese rolling. Um, I had a crack at um, these different Highland sports, and it was really cool. Um, I have um, oh jeez. I don't know what you consider out of the ordinary, but like, it's I nice. Guess things that like, I guess it's things like you know different different festivals and things like that. Stuff that's, you know, I always like. I remember going to Hawaii and they've got like the spam festival over there, like because they're obsessed with spam in Hawaii. And I, I don't know whether to believe that or not, or if that's just a joke for the tourists, like Australia and drop bears. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um. Like so, go yeah. We just tell all the tourists like we we all we eat is spam, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just anything that's on, and I know there's I think it's in Korea and that oh, I can't remember. They've got like a mud festival there, that's just different. Do you know what I mean? Like everywhere you go has got sites and famous sites. I know, sites I know and the stuff. Well, Curry Curry is home of mullet festivals. So. Yeah, well. What about there's um oh what's the town <coughs> down south that's uh does the Elvis festival? Down south in the there's Elvis. There's a little festival. country town um in New South Wales that does an Elvis festival, and it's like this country town, and then just yeah, it's gets... parks near near Dubbo. Um, yeah. Also, out that way, um, you've got a Wellington. There is a Coblo festival every November. It's a new thing. Um, talking about festivals and stuff, when I was in Spain, I went to the um, La Tomatina festival, which is it's a it's a religious celebration, but it's about they it, it's famous where they throw tomatoes. It's it's honouring uh, the Virgin Mary, I believe, and uh, that was interesting. Um, getting pelted with these tomatoes and like people <laughs> am- people immersing themselves in culture and um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, and just, I think everyone out there should try and experience a different culture of their own. I think, and by doing so, your eyes are opened up to, you know, just different walks of life. Like we, I went, to, I've been to Fiji twice, and um, uh, the second, first time I cruised there with an ex-girlfriend, and uh, second time I went there with a pack of friends, and we stayed in a resort, 
and we did a carver ceremony in a village and um, just to like see these people had you know they didn't have what you would consider everything they had huts they had a little bit of electricity and but they were the happiest people you'd ever met because they don't know you know the complications of you know the 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 vague shitty first world problems that westernized countries go through and like you just gotta you really stop and go you know what my problems aren't so bad and it makes you a little bit more like grounded more respectful and it helps you compartmentalize what's going on in your life and go you know what things aren't that bad and it's been great that's that's the one that's the biggest travel thing i've found in traveling it's that it's made me love life more yeah and look i I had a a good chat about uh that with my last guest who um my who was in the last episode luke he he went through india yeah and he was just talking about you know how people have got nothing but they're just so happy and grateful for everything and you know everything in life and their life's simple but it's happy because it's all they've ever known do you know what i mean like we we get very um we get very much into things here you know that real materialism type stuff and if you don't have all the things then how do you you know you're sad because you don't have the things that other people have got and like it's garbage to me like for me i i love the idea of like simple life i um if i could god unfortunately it's not quite on the cars but if i had done my time again i would have tried to spend go over and spend like a couple of years over in vanuatu and just stay there because i i love the people there i've made a few friends and i've only i've been there like three times but um i love the people there and they're but it's just this simple fantastic like so it's very you know not based on the material not based on big places it's just more about people than things and i i really appreciate that me too i i um it, well, if i could have my time over i would have started podcasting earlier and hearing people's stories from earlier on because i've always had this fascination with characters and storytelling and ever since i was a kid and um to hear the stories that so i've had uh one of my guests i'm going to segue here for a sec bad segue um her name is barke and she is she was forced into an arranged marriage she's originally from zanzibar west africa and she was forced into an arranged marriage and moved to london at age 16 was married to this guy until she was in her 30s had children with him and was spoken to disrespectfully like a piece of garbage for the longest time and she 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 would bite her time bite her time eventually like you know because she wouldn't have what you would consider an education and in in the muslim faith the male was the breadwinner women are home keepers and all this stuff and uh she basically one day said you know what i've had enough i'm sick of you talking to me like a piece of garbage and now she's a motivational speaker in the muslim community over 100 countries so it's like that it's it's people like uh, Addie delaney from tasmania who specializes in consent in youth and she's an internet she was an international circus performer now she runs a circus school or no, i've had celebrity guests on too i've spoken to matt O'Kine, the comedian mark Fennell, um the host of mastermind and I, today i just released an episode with hayley mary the favorite singer the lead singer of my favorite band the jezebels like you know this never would have happened if i just stayed in my niche and did my thing which is fine people are happy in their bubble i called it autopilot 
work, sleep, work, sleep, we repeat. Because everyone gets in that. We've all, we, and we've all been guilty of it. You get in that rut. You get in that autopilot mode. And I think that if you have an outlet like this, you'd probably agree here as a content creator. Um, if you're able to find your niche, find something that works for you, then it keeps you from going crazy. Um, yeah, so that's what's worked for me. It's funny because I look. That's not, it's not a different perspective at all. Because like I, I agree. I I love listening to people. I like hearing where they've come from, what they've done, and you know basically their outlook on life. I I also stories are great. Like I I love hearing the the shit people got up to, whether it was when they were young and getting themselves in trouble, or whether it was just funny, or you know something that happened at the pub. There's something about like when you're around your mates, you're telling stories, and this was. The reason I started wanting to start recording conversation is I actually started something that I basically called a not cast because it was exactly the same as you do on a podcast, except I never released it anywhere. And like I did that, I've done one with an old mate of mine that I was in a band with and with my dad and with one of my best mates. And the reason I, I did it is because when my nan passed, and like she, she was old and actually held on for probably a lot longer than she could with Parkinson's, you know, wasn't really, wasn't really there by the end. But, um, but she was like such an interesting woman. And I was like, man, if I had that, I'm never going to hear the stories from her ever again. So yeah. I thought the idea of recording people and, you know, taking advantage of these stories and talking to people while they're actually here with us, cause you never know, cause life can be short. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm happy to, and I, I preface whenever I call, like I call someone, I'm like, look, if you don't want this to be put up online, don't, I'll never put it up online. Like, so say whatever you want. And if you say, no, nah, that was, or take this out or whatever, I'd, I'd rather have, yeah, I'd rather have that recording still there so it can be appreciated, even if it's by the person themselves or you know, just you and your group or what. But if people are willing to share it with the world, all the better. True. And I think I often say this in the pod and a lot of other people agree with me and that the the, the art of storytelling has been passed down from generation. And so without it, we wouldn't learn things about our history. Pompeii, Troy, um, you know, the great, the great 2016 uh, year that was. <laughs> All these things, um, <laughs> but you know, you you stop and think. One of the fundamental things of human existence is storytelling, and I say this: it's it's quite bleak or morbid or whatever you want to say. But there's no point carrying the greatest ideas to the graveyard. So if you have an idea, if you have a um, a plan or a, something you want to do. Then, then do it because humanity could benefit from that great idea. I mean, you know, Einstein was an inventor, you know, so was Machiavelli, so was, um, you know, many other people, Da Vinci, all these idiots that had was they were very smart, you know, like, um, sorry, I think Machiavelli was an artist and a painter, sorry, but he still was a creative, so Oop, that still exactly. counts. Absolutely, and, it does. And, um, and look how hundreds of years later, well, not so much in Einstein's case, but Da Vinci, Machiavelli, um, you know, even Nikola Tesla, all these people benefited humanity. And 
So, you know, I guarantee someone out there, one person could, two people could listen to this and this at least put the, put the idea in their head going, you know what, I do want to restore that car or I do want to make that video, whatever it is. Humanity yeah. would benefit from it. And if you can find the time, you know, if you can make, make the time for yourself because you'll feel more satisfied. And after you take that leap of faith, I can guarantee you that the grass is greener on this side of the fence. I'm Mitch Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get off the seat. Well, it's probably a very serious day for you. You were talking about the great year of 2016. Now, the the reason, obviously, that's such a great year for you is the inaugural Cronulla Sharks Premiership year. Um, all right, in in twenty like in twenty sixteen, the Raiders actually had a pretty decent run of it too, making a prelim. But uh, we ended up uh, we lost to you guys in the semi final, and unfortunately beat the Panthers, and then lost to Melbourne, that you obviously played in the grand final. But then in twenty nineteen, I'll be honest, probably my favourite moments as a rugby league fan was in the lead up to that grand final. I was lucky enough to travel down to Melbourne, watch the Raiders beat Melbourne down there come back to camp, go to Canberra and watch them beat um, the Rabbits and then a lead up to a grand final, which unfortunately didn't go our way. But still, by far, my favourite month as a rugby league fan. Yeah. Uh, just because of everything going around. Like, the games were amazing. But without the games, tell us about your your 2016 build-up to the grand final. What did, what did you? What kind of things did you do? What games did you go to? What did you enjoy about the time? And maybe, and especially the grand final. I was mostly overseas for it. So I predominantly watched it overseas. Um, I remember I was working at a walkabout bar, and which, for those of you who are unfamiliar, walkabout is an Australian theme bar in the UK. And uh, I remember some of the highlights. Oh, shit. I remember punishing the night 62 nil. Yeah, that was awesome. Because, like, you know, I'm from Newcastle and uh, giving it to all my mates. I remember, um, you know, there was a one-point victory against the Warriors, sort of mid-year. And I remember, um, oh, jeez. And um, grand final day, I um, I still remember when Luke Lewis looked at throwing that offload and he kept it still. Oh, thank goodness. I remember three things from that year. One, my sphincter was never tighter. <laughs> Two, I remember that, you know, there was all the hype about the peptides and there was all that shit about, you know, the sharks cheats and this and that. I don't know. Um, and three, I just remember um, sitting down to watch the grand final with a group of mates. I was that's home what at... I'm interested in. That's that's what I want to hear about. Uh, games, you know, history can look on the game. Everyone can watch that grand final. But what was your experience like? I was um, home at this point. So I was working. I come back and I was working in a resort out at Lithgow, uh, a prestigious um, resort out that way. It's about 30Ks. And I drove back to Newcastle and my friend, uh, I think it was my friend, one of my good mates, Bosty and I, went to West League Club. And, uh, you know, the Storm and Sharks fans, everywhere. this is in Newcastle, so, like, it's a big screen, um, you know, probably two or 300 people in this room. Schooners are flowing, you know, insults, banter, uh, you name it. And then when, you know, it was, was it 12, 14 or 10, 14, whatever, and then Andrew Fafita 
rolls over like the battle tank that he was. And um, just that last that last few moments, man. I just about could have picked the chair up. My sphincter was that tight. <laughs> I stood. I stood up. The, the place erupted, um, and it was just pandemonium. It was there was blue, white peptides everywhere. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> peptides everywhere. But you know, and they also had that 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 sixteen in a row or whatever it was, fifteen games in, in a row victory. It was a great season for them, and um, yeah, I don't know. It sort of started to get real. Obviously, into the finals, like you, we got punished by Melbourne just before the final started, and then there was the close game with you guys. I think it was a two-point yeah, ball game. That was the uh, one where Ennis did the Viking clap to the crowd, and then <laughs> every like, and I love that. Like, I'll be honest, I I think that's great. And when a couple of crowds started doing it in the last couple of years as well, that's not too bad. But um, like that, I love that kind of banter in rugby league. Like it's. You you kind of embrace the villain. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you can you can have a bit of fun. Like you can have fun with it and not go too far. Um, not be a dick. It's it's not that hard. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like if yeah, it, it depends on the person. So I'll be honest. I'm not generally one for smack talking people. Like uh, I mean, depending on what we're doing, I'll, I'll smack talk the hell out of you if we're playing putt putt golf. But um, I won't. Cool. But but you know football what am i going to do and I, like i can't i can't like i'm i'm not going to go i'm not going to battle with people on the internet like there's people no, I, who've got too much time on their hands and they just don't stop i'm too and, nice oh, you, you do something nice for someone you get it thrown back in your face it's it's sometimes like that yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah they know uh, who we, i'm talking about <laughs> yeah we're, we're talking a little bit about the um the this week in league crew here too we've got uh but, mate, didn't you come out and basically pan Glenn when he first came back on the show? No, that's bullshit. That's what I'm hearing. I'm telling you. So this what happened what was, I'm like, who is this guy, you know? Sorry. Particularly, like, let's give a bit of background first on. Oh, geez, what do I remember? It was like, um, I wouldn't say I slandered him. It was like, oh, who's this guy, you know? Like, because I was unfamiliar with who he was, and I'm like, that's you know, the con- you're a newbie, mate. You're the yeah. newbie on the scene. That's that's the problem. This week in league goes back 10, 10 years now. Yeah, and I didn't realise like, at the time, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, because I was used to Jay and Nate, and it's like the dynamic was a little bit shifted. I'm like, well, fucking, what's going on here? Kind of thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, the, who's this guy? You know, the other two were heaps funnier. And Glenn, thought, <laughs> and Glenn thought I was having a stab at him, but you know, and then. Throughout the season, like he after Magic Round, I met him. He's like, "You're a champion," and then he referred to myself and Nort says, and I quote, "Gentlemen." And then um, it's like all of a sudden he's like focusing on shit in the past, and now he's calling me a mouthy little prick. I'm like, "Well, you know what? I might be mouthy, but it's all true." Like I genuinely thought that Jay and Nate were getting a carer's pension for looking after this fool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but no, like going on, like in all honesty, the banter is good, and like I like that he's he absolutely tore like tore me to shreds on the podcast, which is great, and uh, it's nice to know that you can have banter. And at the end of the day, um, and they're like, "Oh, geez, Ned's been quiet, hasn't he?" I've been on night shift, and they're like, "Oh, Ned's been because they call me Ned. My last <laughs> name's Kelly. Ned's been fucking quiet. I was on night shift that weekend. You fucking idiots couldn't respond." <laughs> and like. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, now he's calling me the mouthy little prick. I'm like, well, okay, that's fair enough. He's a 
he's a he's a good cat, Glenn. I, I'm I, I'm actually I, I I like all those guys. Like I've I've actually been around since the real early days. I think I jumped on board at the end of the first season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, back before meetups were a thing, I was kind of going them. But this is like a a rugby league community based off the back of a podcast that's been built over 10 years in the This Week in League podcast. But um, I met so many good blokes and, well, good people out of that, actually. And um, I, I get the feeling, like, you're actually, well, you're the first one I've interviewed for this thing, but I, I get the feeling I might get a couple more on over the, over the next, uh, well, probably over lockdown, probably, if I keep recording yeah. this thing. But um, all right. What else we got? We we've talked a bit of travel. We've talked about experiences in travel. Talked a bit of footy as a footy fan. Talked about didn't really get into your work. Um, is it just a job or is it something that you it's, really enjoy? Look, let's let's face it, it. It's a job. It's a career. It's a good career. The hours along the strain. It's like you're doing seven to seven. Like I just did three seven pm to am. So the mining industry was predicated on the fact I wanted to buy a house. I'm close to that now, but um, might uh, have something in the works in terms of a better mining position. So just waiting to see. Um, of uh, I'm a contract operator at the moment, and I possibly might have a permanent gig coming up. So, I mean, if I get that, I'm going nowhere. But, you know, the idea was to get into the media and be a radio announcer and get paid to do what I love. But if I can, with the roster, you can still do this passion of mine and, and earn a good wage. So, and then I'll, if I get this start, man, I'm going to cry. Honestly, it would mean the world. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's at a weird time. I'm nervous. I Over the weekend, I had to pull up my, my, my truck I was on and uh, sort of started to have a bit of a breakdown because it's scary. Like, change is scary, and especially in these times where I've got, you know, regular work and stuff. But, you know, sometimes you need to venture out of the normal and try it. And, so, sorry, is this in the same industry or is this media? Yeah, it's a it's a different no yeah. mining. Yeah. yeah, yeah, different mine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's exciting, though, mate. We'll see. Yeah, it that is. Works it's, out for you. I've got a yeah, I've got a medical in tomorrow, and then oh, um, really? So we're that far along? Yeah, and then I've got to um try and pass that, and then what happens from there is out of my hands. So all I can do is present myself tomorrow and try my luck, I suppose. Mate, gonna have to do a follow up at some point to see how you went. Yeah, um, ho- hopefully it's a good thing. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, all right, awesome, man. So you're talking about media, and that's like a kind of a dream dream gig in the media. Like, what what kind of media gig would you look at? I know you actually already do a bit of like local radio. Yeah, I just volunteer at a station at Cessnock. Shout out to CHR. Um, I just I just like um. Like I like interviewing people. I like announcing stuff. Like the person who loves the sound of Mitch's voice the most is probably Mitch at this point. Let's face it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just like the idea of entertaining people. And if I can talk sport, if I can have a giggle, because I'm, you know, based on what you've seen in this interview, like, I do have the ability to make people smile. And I genuinely like that. Um, and I don't know. I just like like the podcast. It's unscripted, so I meet the guest the same time as the listener, and I just like that getting involved in the community, like sharing local people's stories. You know, like you could do that job anywhere, and 
that would be ideal or sports broadcasting as well. Something like that would be cool, but, you know, I'm slowly working on my craft, so we'll see what happens. And even if nothing comes of it, I'm enjoying the heck out of this project. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, mate, like, it's funny that um, you 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 create what you love to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I love creative people. People who make stuff, I'm, I think they're fantastic because like I've always been one. And even if I'm not good at it, I like I draw and I'm tr- a terrible artist. I, I make music and I'm a dog average musician, but I, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, you keep going and mate, even if it never ended up being anything else, like and I went out playing pub gigs and stuff and never, you know, you'd sometimes you'd play in front of a hundred people. Sometimes you'd play in front of three but um, <laughs> either way, it was all—it's all—it was all fun and games and stuff. I love doing and just love playing music with your mates. But anything that's anyone that's creative and actually has a passion for something, I'd just say just go for it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you are the only person who spends twenty-four hours with yourself. So when you go to bed that night, was it a waste of a day? You know, was it was it good that I went out and played with my mates? Was it good that I? spoke to someone from Botswana and we spoke about like their story and how they were over to, able to overcome like being smuggled across borders and stuff like that. It's just you get to a point you're like, this is a day fulfilled, you know? And that's yeah. how I like to go. I like to make a good deed each day, whether it's something as simple as holding a door open, make someone smile and do something meaningful every day if I can. You're a colourful character, mate. I've I've oh. I've enjoyed talking to you. Like uh, like had a few good laughs on this, but also you know, I think your philosophy is pretty sound too. Like I, I think I read it on the back of a beer coaster. Somewhere. <laughs> 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 hey, mate, that's where all life's all life's philosophies come out the most at the bottom of a beer, isn't it? Oh, it's I refer to it with my mates as schooner therapy. Yeah, and a couple of beers, blokes spill their guts, or women, or whoever is the group you're with. Honesty juice, as they call it. Um, but and it helps like that. That I'm I'm looking forward to having a beer with you when I can, because um, you're not far from my Alban's place. He's down there as well, and um, skewies are on. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Will always be seen. I can I can assure you. <laughs> All right, so tell me what. What else is there? What else? We've talked about a lot of your passions so far, your travel, your work, where where you're going. Is there anything else in your life that, you know, makes Mitch Mitch? Um, I like powerlifting when the gym's open. And I'm a big pop culture nerd, huge pop culture nerd. I'm a comic book reader from way back. I'm a Star Wars watcher. I'm a, I'm a gamer. So what, what comes back, the, the genesis of my love of storytelling you know, it is a nice comic, a book, or a series, or whatever. But it was actually immersing yourself in these role-playing interactive games. So a lot of people buy games for multiplayer, which is cool, you know. Me, personally, I buy a, a game for a story. Like I, like Knights of Republic, Zelda Ocarina of Time, things like this. And immersing yourself in, in like, that escapism, that nostalgic feeling, it's like being a kid, and it's addictive. And um, you know, I think... If you can spend a little bit of time having a good, like, good, like, escaping reality for a bit, because you come back, you're refreshed, you're energized, and, um, you know, and you can, it helps you create your own storytelling 
niche as well. Like, you know, you take strength. So I learned, you learn things in games. Like I learned the definitions of words. I learned good moral compass, you know. It helped um, exacerbate my knowledge of, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but. I think so. It, it helps. depends on what the it, end of your sentence is, I guess. Broaden, uh, just to help exacerbate my knowledge and love of storytelling, like, you know, good, bad, you play as the good guy, you defeat the, the monster and save the princess, all that, all that sort of shit. Um, you know, it's just things like that. And, you know, you, you want sequels, you immerse yourself. It's escapism, but it's it's good escapism. It's not like a gateway drug or anything. It's because you can come back to reality and, you know, you know what? It's That was a good 10 hours I just spent playing this game or whatever. So. What about your story? Like, I mean, obviously you've got your personal story, but if you like storytelling and fiction, have you ever come up with anything yourself? Like, have you written anything or? I have actually, um, yeah. I wrote a, for a time at the pit, uh, you get 12 hours in your own head, so you've got to find constructive ways to spend it. These days I'm grateful because I'll make a few podcasts and I'll play them back as I'm operating and then, make little notes when I'm pulled up to see, okay, at, at this point in time, I need to edit out this or whatever. Um, but I was writing like a, a an honest kind of like journal style, like memoir sort of thing, which probably will never go anywhere. But I suffer Crohn's disease. And um, uh, you just, for those of you unfamiliar, it's an autoimmune gut disorder that will probably be the end of me. It's, you know, it's a lifelong illness, uh, fucks your immune system. It um, does all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And it's like, well, you know, I was feeling a bit anxious at this point in time, so I wrote about it. You know, like shift work is probably the last thing I should be doing, but somehow got a hold on a system that's working. And, you know, just pondering, like, you know, the story of an anxious 26-year-old shift worker with a gut disease, you know, wondering am I going to make it to the digger without shitting my pants or whatever. Um, and it's, well, you know, if, am I going to make it to the crib out in time, all these things. And it was interesting, like, just writing about it just felt good. And, you know, it, it gave an insight into the mining industry. Like, if anyone out there knows a shift worker with their miners or emergency workers or whatever, you know, like, everyone's got the stereotype or the stereotype is that, oh, they own heaps of money and all this and that. Yeah, it's true. The wage is higher, but the, the, the price it takes on the body, it takes years off your life, and that person has probably missed out on so much things like birthdays and um, I've missed out before coronavirus, of course, like on engagement parties and a wedding. And but I'm, you know, I'm choosing to do this lifestyle, of course, but spare a bit of empathy for those who are battling on just to, you know, the shit they have to miss out on, I suppose. I yeah. emphasise to them. What is it? I think it's... um. I'm trying. I think it was. It might be Jocko Willink. Or I, I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Do you know Jocko Willink? No, not off the top of my head. He's. Um. I think he was a Navy SEAL, but I like talks about life's hard, but you choose. But choose your hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, choose your hard. Like it's the it, life's always going to have some kind of adversity in it and pain and all that kind of thing. But if you can choose the things that are hard for you that you know it's actually i'm actually also reading um at the moment uh what is it mark manson the subtle art of not giving a fuck um i've literally just started that but it's this idea of choosing the things that 
you're willing to because everything's hard anything worthwhile is hard like yeah sure. choosing the things that basically choosing the things you give a fuck about and letting the rest go to hell do you know what i mean like yeah it's so like, it's learning it's the art of compartmentalizing yeah and prioritizing so, it's like well you know if person a down there is calling me a prick who are they like i don't know them so fuck them so my the thought is like even though you work in this hard job and it's making you miss it miss things this is the path that you've chosen to go down but that doesn't mean that it's not hard you know yeah. so absolutely have sympathy i mean I'm, I'm glad your bank balance is full but what what's that going to do if you're missing your your mate's weddings and stuff you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's one of those things it's like you've you're in this role where you can actually really set yourself up and choose your like i said you're, you're choosing a path but mate i've got all the sympathy in the world like it's not you don't look at people and just go oh well they chose that fuck them no you go mate they're all people everywhere every single person you meet is going through a heart of some sort do you know yeah. what i mean so that's, that's why it's important to see people as icebergs like the metaphor is on the surface you'll see a minimal amount but behind closed doors under the surface you know what they're going through and someone might be putting on a brave face, but they just buried their mum or whatever. So it's important to be kind, especially during stressful lockdown times. I mean, um, you know, someone might be struggling. Like me, I live by myself. I just had a mate just before. He just texted me, hey, man, how you doing? You didn't see yourself at work last night. Are you okay? It's kind of like throwing a, as the owner called, throw an offload. Check in on your mates, your family. Um you know, I checked in on Glennie after the Sharkies beat him fifty to twenty. <laughs> that's a that's a that'd be a fun check in, I'm sure. I um actually no, I forgot to message him that I might do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, on that note, I I I've really enjoyed the conversation with you. <laughs> but it's been a good laugh, some good uh some good outlooks on life and I've really appreciated it. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Um, yeah, if anyone's keen to have a listen, check out www.lifesimagepodcast.com. Streaming everywhere, I'll just type it into your wherever you stream podcast, Lifesimage Podcast, and uh, you'll hear some funny stories. Get on board that, guys. And until next time, this has been the Project One Podcast. Goodbye.